We started our GBS team, uh, Juniper did, back in 2005. We started small. You know, in the beginning, it really was a, a cost arbitrage, and it really was focused on transactional services. They've clearly evolved since then. They own now the transactional services end to end, but they've also, you know, moved up the stack to more front office, more business partnering jobs, right? Where they, they are supporting sales, they're supporting customer services, right? We don't look at them as a low cost, you know, you know, please get my work finished. Here's a project, own it, deliver it right to the business partner. So it's evolved over time and that comes, you know, that, that's, that's trust, that, that's trust as they continue to deliver, it kind of snowballs. Then they get more and more opportunity to do more and more value-added work. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on a journey to world-class performance. Hello, and welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Geerling, Managing Director and Practice Leader for Advisory Europe. Today, together with my uh, colleague, Siobhan Riggett, we're talking with Juniper Network's Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, Ken Miller. Siobhan, first of all, hi. Great to have you on this call with me. Right. Very great to be here, Martin. And Ken, we're delighted to have you on this podcast with us. So great to, to have you join us and talk to the secret of success in Juniper's network, GBS, and particularly your role in, uh, in finance. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's, I really appreciate you inviting me. Thank you very much. And so Juniper Networks is headquartered in Sunnyvale, California. It's one of the most exciting technology companies in Silicon Valley today, with over 10,000 employees in 50 countries and over 5 billion annual revenues. They're a global leader in AI networking, cloud, and connected security solutions. Their customers include the top 100 global service providers in 30,000 enterprises, including the global Fortune 100. So Ken, before we get started, you've been with the company for quite some time, and now in the role of uh, Executive Vice President and CFO at Juniper Networks. Can you just say a few words about your organization, the finance function, and then we'll dive deeper into your role uh, the finance function and also to celebrate with you the success of the GBS organization. We've given you a digital world-class award for GBS for the fifth year running. So we'd like to talk about the performance of your organization and how you and your team have helped shape that. But starting off with your role, can you say a few more words about uh, your role in the finance function? No, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I've been at Juniper for quite some time. I've been here over 24 years. I've had various roles in that tenure at Juniper and since 2016, I've been the CFO. I've had the honor to be the CFO here at Juniper Networks. And really, the finance organization at Juniper is, you know, over 500 employees. Uh, overall, Juniper is close to, you know, 11,000 employees. And the finance team is about 500 of those 11,000. We have locations in Bengaluru, India, and Sunnyvale, which is our corporate headquarters, as you mentioned, as well as Westford, Massachusetts. Those would be our three primary sites. We also have about, you know, 15, 16% of the organization that's really remote workers. So we have employees kind of scattered around the globe supporting the business. We do the traditional accounting, tax, treasury, you know, internal audit functions. And obviously we also do the finance functions, corporate FP&A, business partnering, supporting go-to-market finance, supporting the business units. So really it's a, it's a you know, a comprehensive uh, CFO organization supporting uh, Juniper Networks. Okay, thank you for that uh, background. And so finance as a function needs to support company strategy, whether it be digital transformation, and you as a company are uh, at, the, at the center of that, uh, mergers and acquisitions and growth, being a strategic partner, turning data into insight. 
Can you talk about all these sort of challenges as a finance function and how you've evolved finance in the past uh, years as you took your role and, and how you take, have taken that role of finance uh, to the next level? Yeah, so finance, I believe, has evolved a lot over the last you know couple decades, right? It's no longer just a back office function of you know closing the books and, and making sure we get the compliance right. I mean, that's obviously table stakes and something we take a lot of pride in, making sure we have you know, the fiduciary responsibilities that we that we own, that we take care of those and we are compliant in everything that we do and have high integrity. But it's evolved to more of a business ownership function, more of a partnership, not even just supporting the business, but partnering with the business and owning business transformation. So you mentioned a few things, you know, mergers and acquisitions. Let's just look at that as an example. You know, we engage from the very beginning of should we acquire the target and, and why, you know, from an ROI perspective, Clearly, throughout the negotiation phase of a potential you know, transaction like that, the integration phase is very important. The finance has a heavy role in integrating an acquired company. And we don't stop there, right? Maybe you know, 10, 20 years ago, you might have stopped at integration, but we take it all the way through to you know, results. Are we getting the outcomes that we anticipated and the reason why we, we acquired the company in the first place? Are we actually getting those business results? And finance plays a key role in making sure that that happens you know, throughout the life cycle of the M&A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you look at sort of from the outside and when we look at what, what is a top priority for finance organizations, we, we study this, for example, in our key issue study. One of the key areas and, and concerns for GBS and finance organizations is to look at investing and accelerating the digital transformation journey. So if you, if you think about digitization for finance, how does that play out in your function? What have you done in the past few years in that space? Yeah, so I think digitization across all enterprises has just been a, a thing for quite some time. And quite honestly, Juniper Networks as, a, as an enterprise takes advantage of that. That's who we sell to. We sell to enterprises that are digitizing their network, digitizing their operations, which requires them to improve their networks and their security within their network, which is really what we deliver for them. But as, a, as an entity ourselves, we are very focused on improving processes, improving systems, automating where we can. You know, the mantra that you know you hear me talk about a lot is effectiveness and efficiencies, right? We have to make sure we do an excellent job, which is the effectiveness angle, but we need to do it as efficiently as possible. And there really are more and more tools, more and more opportunities to, you know, continue to automate and continue to work on efficiency. And Juniper Finance, Juniper as a company and, and GBS in particular really leads the way in that effort, whether it's RPA or just other automation tools, we're seeing a lot of opportunity to continue to digitize the enterprise and really, you know, for the better, how we engage with customers, how we engage with vendors, how we engage with partners, everything is digital these days. Right. And, and I know that, you know, digitization talks, we talk a lot about the technology and the challenges and the opportunities that that brings, but there's also the flip side of getting capacity, talents, availability, getting the investment right for these kind of investment. And I think talent is and, and, and people is a, is a passion of yours. So if you talk about the flip side of on the one hand, we drive digitization as a function. What are you doing on the other side to get that kind of investment for the function secured to, to change finance with technology? And how do you address the challenge of talent and development and what sometimes viewed as the you know robots are taking over our, our jobs? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I would say that there's probably more opportunity than there is capacity and, and budget to do. So there is definitely a prioritization required, right? We can't do all great ideas, even though they probably are individually great ideas. So there is a prioritization process. We look at, you know, business value, almost an ROI type of an analysis. You know, what's going to provide the biggest bang for our buck? 
so we could then prioritize the projects that, that move the needle, you know, the, the furthest. So there is a pretty heavy prioritization effort that we do at, you know, pretty heavy annually. And we review that, you know, every quarter to make sure we're still doing the right thing. So prioritizing is, is, is definitely an important part of it. The other thing you mentioned was just the, the people part of it. And to me, even more than budget, I think the, the thing to hold some companies back is complacency. It's employees that quite honestly don't want to evolve, don't want to change. They're comfortable with what they're doing. Maybe they've been doing it for a long time. I really view as you know complacency as one of the enemies of, of, of you know enterprises. And I'm proud to say Juniper does not have that problem, right? Our GBS team at Juniper overall, we have a lot of employees that are really excited about the opportunity. They don't look at you know some of these innovations as threats. They look at them as opportunities. So the willingness to transform is a key hurdle that I think some you know does trip up some companies, but we've been able to overcome that with the, the culture we have, uh, which is really an innovation-led culture. Yeah, can I just can you just elaborate on that on that point because I do see from the outside as well that innovation and both bottom up and, and top down in the organization is, is is part of the secret to to success. It absolutely is. I mean, we're in the technology space, so innovation's always been key to our products. You know, it's been key to what we deliver to customers. Um, you know, out innovating our competition, creating that value prop, which we we think we've absolutely done successfully over the years and are super excited about that. But it's more than that. It's really about the entire organization, all of the functions, thinking about how can I do this better, right? We have a lot of folks at Juniper that have been here a long time. I mentioned I've been here a long time. Sometimes with tenure comes, you know, a bit of complacency, a bit of here's how we do things here. And if you don't stay current, if you're not willing to learn you, you fall behind, right? And, you know, you need to evolve. And just, I think it's a mindset. You know, the employees we attract, the employees we develop, although Juniper is, you know, a relatively large company, over 11,000 employees, um, we still have that kind of ownership mindset. You know, how can I improve? How can I help this company? You know, that you might see more in a, in a smaller company, more of that kind of startup mentality. And, and to me, um, it really is about the people. I mean, you can't really force it tops down. You can encourage it, but it really is more of a bottoms-up culture that Juniper, uh, you know, gets to enjoy. Mm, thank you for that. And now, you know, I've, I've been asking you sort of the, the broad stroke, but really Siobhan has been working with you and or the GBS organization, so Global Business Services. You've achieved, like I said at the beginning, uh, digital world-class performance, which is really about the outcome that you achieve. And just like you said, it's not just about the efficiency side, it's about the effectiveness and the, and the customer experience. So for that part, Siobhan, you probably want to go deeper into this area and just share a few of the achievements that uh, Juniper Networks uh, has in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Ken. So you know, like we said, Martin said, we just talked more about the finance organization and the role of the finance, but good to maybe just dive down a little bit more and talk about the GBS organization and its role within your finance function and how, how it has evolved over time. Like you said, you know, we've recognized you as a digital world-class GBS organization. You know, and part of that will be about the scale, part will be about the scope, it'll be about all of the different aspects you've talked about from an innovation perspective and talent. But if you could just maybe just expand a little bit more and talk a little bit specifically about the GBS organization and how that has evolved over time and the role it plays in your overall CFO organization, that'd be great. No, absolutely. So as I mentioned before, the CFO organization is, you know, over 500 employees. Uh, the GBS organization is approximately 350 of those, you know, just over 500. So it, it is the majority from a headcount perspective of my entire organization. You know, we started our GBS team, uh, Juniper did back in 2005. Obviously, we started small. You know, in the beginning, it really was a, a cost arbitrage and it really was focused on transactional services. They've 
clearly evolved since then. They still have, you know, they own now the transactional services versus just maybe helping deliver those those services. They actually own them end to end. But they've also, you know, moved up the stack, if you will, to more front office, more business partnering jobs, right? Where they they are supporting sales, they're supporting customer services. They from a business partnering and finance, FP&A perspective, it truly is um, part of the team, right? We don't look at them as a low cost, you know, you know, please get my work finished while I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and, and you move the ball. But here's a project, own it, deliver it, and quite honestly, go ahead and deliver it right to the business partner. So it's evolved over time. And that comes, you know, that, that's, that's trust. That That's trust as they continue to deliver, as they continue to execute it kind of snowballs. Then they get more and more opportunity to do more and more value-added work. And that's really, to me, what I believe has enabled them to be you know, a winner, you know, a, a world-class digital organization for five years running because they've taken GBS and t- to kind of the business partnering level, not just the, the kind of back office support level. Brilliant. Thank you. I was going to say, as we have mentioned a couple of times already, that you know, we recognize yourselves as a, a GBS digital world-class organization. I think you've touched already on, say, the efficiency and effectiveness aspects. But being digital world-class and the fact we've recognized you as that means, from our perspective, that you you are outperforming your peers, both in terms of those different dimensions. You know, we talk about operational excellence, which effectively is predominantly is that efficiency component. And then the business value, which more around, you know, realization strategic objectives, also the customer experience aspect. I mean, I think achieving that for one year, you know, is is quite impressive. But achieving it for five consecutive years is really, really quite impressive to those that are listening into the session today. I think you've touched on some of the different aspects in terms of your ethos. and But I would like to maybe just touch on or maybe deep dive a little bit more and hear your view on what the secret to the success has been um, in terms of the GBS organization. You just mentioned their trust. But if you could just expand on that a little bit more in terms of you know, what your top three, five secrets would be? No, absolutely. And and I mean, I think overall, I would say GBS as a function is kind of, you know, one of the secret sauces for Juniper Finance, right? I mean, it really is uh, kind of our crown jewel of our finance organization. And I think why, why is our GBS organization so successful? I think it really does start with leadership. Varun, who's our vice president of global business services, has been there. I think he was the first employee we hired back in 2005, or at least one of the top two or three and he's now leading that organization and he's done a phenomenal job. He, he doesn't settle. I mean, you want to talk, I, I mentioned complacency as being the enemy of an organization. He is very much on the forefront of what's, you know, what's possible. He's very well connected with what other companies are doing. And he's not, you know, he's not trying to catch up. He's trying to lead the way. So there's a mindset that he brings to the team that I think is absolutely, you know, a big piece of our, of our secret as to why we're so successful there. He also, you know, Although he does lead, you know, from the top, he doesn't, you know, he has a leadership style that really keeps all the employees engaged. In fact, he has the highest employee engagement scores in the entire company, right? We do surveys every year and his team, you know, from an engagement perspective is the highest, scores the highest in the entire company. And Juniper score is quite high. Finance score is really high, but our GBS team is the highest of, of all of those. So really it's not just about, you know, dictatorship and making people do what he wants them to do to stay, stay ahead, but it's actually getting the employees engaged and delivering, you know, on their own because there was over 300 of them, right? He can't have his pulse on everything. So he fosters a great, uh, you know, team. And I, as you mentioned, and I mentioned earlier, you know, it's kind of a prove it, get more, prove it, get more kind of process where it, it did take some time for us to, you know, cross some of those 
transaction services, to more finance, business partnering services, to more supporting other functions outside of finance. They didn't just get that from the beginning. They had to earn that as they went along. And you earn that by just delivering excellence. So, the, you know, it's about delivering excellence, it's about staying engaged. It is a two-way. It's a two-way transaction. I talk a lot about when we move something to GBS, you can't just send it over the wall and, and hope it lands. There's still some care and feeding required from whatever the function was that used to have that particular uh, task. You know, so you have to work together. There's a lot of collaboration between GBS and the other functions. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they're willing to collaborate and they do so so successfully gives them the opportunity to continue to do more and more. Brilliant. Thank you. That's really great to hear. So looking forward. So that's so that's the journey. So, so you know, we've, so far we've talked about the journey so far, what we've achieved, how that's evolved, what the secrets are, although obviously we've given the secrets away now. <laughs> but, but really, what where, where do you see looking forward? Where do you see the GBS organization evolving or oh, GBS? GBS in general, and maybe also specifically the Juniper GBS organization evolving. Yeah, well, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, digital transformation and processes. And, and I think we're quite honestly just at the tip of the iceberg on some of the opportunities there. We've been leveraging RPA. We've been leveraging some automation and clearly analytical tools. But generative AI is the next big opportunity. You know, I don't think it's going to change the world tomorrow, but I think it will change the world over the next couple of years. And I do believe uh, our GBS team is going to be on the forefront of that. So just making sure we stay plugged in, we stay current to the opportunities that are around us and continue to push the envelope, continue to, to innovate. And I expect GBS to continue to do that. And, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I would highlight generative AI is probably the next frontier of, of opportunity there. I think they'll continue to do not just settle for back office functions only. They'll, you know, they'll innovate there. They'll do those as efficient, and effective as they can, but they also want to do more transform formative, more business partnering, and they'll continue to get more and more of that over time as well. So I think more of the same, just continuing to accelerate the path that they're on. As you mentioned, they're already world-class. Um, I don't think we really need to you know, have a step function change there. We just need to continue to evolve as the opportunities do. Right. It's been fantastic to work, to listen in today and have that opportunity to talk with you and, and get your perspective. So thank you very much for sharing the insights in terms of your transformation journey and specifically the GBS organization And thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.